flips it back into the flame zone. Five minutes into overtime, in game five, and McDavid scores! Game winner, series winner for Connor McDavid! Good positioning, good stick work. Rangers get in the, the zone, they don't get anything out of it. Here's Svechnikov! Svechnikov scores! Grows, the whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, all right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline. I'm Dana Lane, always, as always, joined by Steve Carp. Chris Johnson does a ter- terrific job producing the show. A lot to talk about in this next hour. Starting with last night's game and, of course, tonight's Carolina Rangers matchup from MSG Game 6. Before we do that, let's bring in our first guest who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Athletic. Let's open the velvet rope for Joe Smith. And, Joe, I can imagine at this point the Lightning are trying to get healthy and they're sitting back saying, let's go seven, boys. We'll watch this as long as you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, ideally it's be not – ideal to have this long of a break is considering how well they were playing and like Cooper said you can't replicate like that battle and that fight that you have to have in a playoff game but this is also the most banged up that they've been after two playoff series since you know the last six seven years they've been on these runs um you know they play such a physical game and blocked 77 shots last four games against the Panthers and the kind of injuries that guys have are, are playing through. You know, it sounds like it's more broken bones than actually like soreness. So uh, they'll take the break, and, and they're maybe they're hoping they'll get to play starting next Wednesday. Joe, it's Steve. How are you? It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. How's married life, first of all? Good? Great. Yeah. It's been uh, four years in August, so kind awesome. of flying by. Uh, I'm glad you're having fun. So, yeah. There you go. All right. I saw your tweet today about Braden Point. Um what do you think the realistic possibility is he plays in the next series, or will the Lightning have to go to the Cup final for him to maybe get back on the ice? Yeah, well, it's hard to, to read because, you know, they're being pretty cagey about it, but of the course. fact that he hasn't really started to skate or skate with the team, you know, has me feeling like it might be a little later than, than this series. But, though, if this series doesn't start till next Wednesday, like five days from now, then they play for about a week and a half. That's another two weeks that gives him to work up and um, get ready. So, you know, the, the players keep on saying that they want to go as far as they can to win the Cup but also to get him a chance to play. And so my sense is probably wouldn't be until later in the conference final or it would be Cup final is seeing how he progresses with his treatment. You know, I, I've been just so impressed with how this team finds ways to overcome these injuries. And, you know, we talk about next man up mentality and – and things of that nature. To me, this is a far deeper team than they get credit for being. Would you agree? Well, I think so. I mean, like I, I think you in the first couple of series, and they weren't favored for a reason, you know. And the Panthers might have been, you know, more quote unquote talented, you know, up front. But 
You know, if, if you're you're telling me that you have a Corey Perry, a Pat Maroon, and Belmont on your fourth line, that's pretty yeah. darn deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're producing so much. You know, have Corey Perry, a guy you can put on the top power play with points up, and he can score a goal in the first three games of a series. Um, the blue line, they go seven deep, you know, in most games. But that's as good as top five or top four you're going to see. So, yeah, I think that depth matters when it comes to going uh, far in the playoffs. And, and this also needs a lot to get those deadline acquisitions. The Nick Pauls and Brandon Hagels that really deepen their lineup to where they're probably going to help the team more than, let's say, a Taylor Radish or a Boris Kachuk would have this year um, and potentially be here for longer. Yeah, and speak, speaking of Hagel, uh, you already talked about your touchdown, Braden Point, and his uh, injury status. I, I assume that there are other guys getting uh, maintenance days and, and not on the ice every single day. Yeah, Hagel and, and Sturgachev are the two guys that have had back-to-back rest days after the first two days off following the series. So they've had four days. Team is off tomorrow. So that's five days. Maybe we'll see them on Sunday for practice as they potentially start Monday if Carolina wins tomorrow. So, um, But Cooper expects most of the guys to be ready to go um, for game one with probably the exception being uh, Brayden Point. Who at this point do you think they'd rather face? Uh, do, do you feel like they – match up better against the Rangers or Carolina? I guess it's pick your poison, and you know, I don't know if you want to you know, match goaltender for goaltender. I guess you guys do, you know, for sure. You know, certainly with Ranta, but Shesterkin would be interesting as well. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they personally carry it away. Like they, can, they can play any kind of game. They can play the grinded out game of Carolina. They can play the more running gun style um, and win. So, but myself personally, I, mean, I think Carolina would be a tougher matchup. I think they're kind of team that can that win those two-to-one games. They're getting some good goaltending from Ranta. Um, they're just really like a full-court press in basketball. Just really in your face. They can create turnovers. They'll make it really hard for a defense core that's been through a lot of games the last couple of years um, mm-hmm. in a series like that. So my sense is going into the playoffs, I thought that they maybe this might be the toughest matchup that they would face. So, um, you know, all three games this regular season were like one-goal games too, so um, I, I love to see it because last year's series was fun, fun to watch. Joe, it's been a very interesting offseason behind the bench around the league. We've seen coaches let go because their general managers claim we need a new voice in our room. <laughs> John Cooper is in his 10th year in Tampa. How come his voice still resonates in that room? I know winning a couple cups always helps, but Barry Trotz you know, has won. Pete DeBoer has been to the finals with a couple different teams. How come Coop's voice hasn't gone stale yet? That's a good question. I wrote about that a little bit last week. Uh, you know, He didn't get a Jack Adams nomination, but he definitely has fingerprints all over this team. And in a few ways, I think one, you know, he's evolved over time too. He's evolved where before he had his hands in on everything and now he's kind of more delegating to where, you know, if they have four meetings in two off days, they'll be each run by one of the assistant coaches. So he's not the guy in front of the room every day for the long season. Like, he split that up and allowed the assistants to have more uh, of a voice in, in running those meetings. Number two, he really uh, gives ownership to the leadership group and the, and the players to where they, it's all kind of one message. So he's the guy at the top of the chart, but this open-door policy to where if, he get, if this can be run by the room, by the players themselves, then all of a sudden it's less about the, the coach market as you more so the players developing a standard and accountability that's been so important. So uh, not but more than one reason, but I think obviously the fact that they've won under him because he's been here and won a couple cups now, that gives a little more credibility as well, saying 
hey, this stuff, this stuff works. What we're saying is BS. It, it works, and um, and we're seeing it right now. Yeah, unfortunately, though, that that new voice thing, go, it's a two-way thing. It's either we always equate it to, oh, the players are not responding. But also, on the other hand, the new voice could mean Mike, the coach is not getting along with upper management and not going along with either what they want or what he wants. I mean, that isn't always the relationship with the players. Sometimes that's with upper management, isn't it? I think so. I mean, you look at the synergy that they've had in Tampa, right? From Iserman, Julian Breeswell been there since 2010. They hired Cooper the next year to run their AHL affiliate. And basically, Julian Breeswell is the one who brought John Cooper to Tampa 10 years, 11 years ago. So, they have a relationship. They won a Calder Cup in the, in the AHL together, and that kind of bonds you for life. And so when it came to the, the tough moments there in 19, when they got stuff by Columbus, it wasn't the first rea- reaction was to let's just get a new coach and blow it up. It's like, uh, you know, instead of looking for the next John Cooper, I have the real John Cooper original right here. Why not keep him? Um, and so that faith and, and that um, patience that not every team has uh, around the league of all the, the carousel of coaches, but um, it definitely plays a role in their success, no doubt. And the future's locked up pretty pretty well, too. I mean, you have to make a choice probably on, on Kalorn at the end of the season. But other than that, I mean, there's really no reason. I mean, of course, you're going to lose some guys. But there's really no reason why you shouldn't run this back again next year. I mean, it's it's set up beautifully to have a long run. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, the only guys that are UFAs are John Ruda, Nick Paul, and Andre Pallott. So there will be some tough decisions there as far as you keep – Nick Paul can keep old Nick Paul and Andre Pilat in your team. Maybe Cal Foot flies in and defends you. You can let Ron Yanu to go. Um, but they're 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 definitely built to send this window with their top players still playing at a high level in their primes, the points, the Kucherovs, mm-hmm. the Hedmans, the Vasilevskis, and you know so long as they continue to develop their players like Ross Coltons and uh, and those guys that can come up and, and play on entry level deals uh, in the cap world, then. Uh, you know, as long as you have that goalie in that, you're going to give yourself a chance. So, um, definitely helps. Let me ask you about Vasilevsky, Joe. You've seen him throughout his time here with the Lightning. What does he do on and off the ice in practice and in, you know, outside of uh, the rink to keep up his level of play to where it is today, to where he's arguably the best goalie in the game, and and now he's being talked about among the all-time greats. And, and he still has a lot of miles left on his tires. What what do you see about him that makes him the goalie he is? Well, first of all, his work ethic is, is second to none. And anybody that has been around Tampa the last 15 years, they say he's the best. And it's not just he works hard to work hard, he works smart. Like, there are certain things he does, whether it's mm-hmm. his pregame routine and the stretching, the flexibility, whether it's to getting in the gym when he gets a point feet off. But he takes care of his body so well that they don't worry about that, and it's more so mentally. And for him, he does a great job of decompressing off the ice and spending time with family and like not watching the games and not beating himself up after games that they might not play well. And you know, religion and faith is such a big part of his life and that kinda of centers him um, as well. So, you know, I think the work ethic is one thing. Obviously he has the God given talent that uh, not many people have. Um, but it's a determination and to be the best and wanting to be the best in the world and wanting to be the best for their team. Like mm-hmm. and when it comes to playoff time, a lot of great goalies and you see a lot of great goalies in this league doesn't a final that's really struggle in these playoffs, but it's that mental edge, that focus, that toughness that, that elevates goalies when it matters the most. And, and it's hard to find a better big-game goalie uh, last number of years than him. Joe, i got to ask you a funny question. You, you've been covering this team a long, long time. 
when are they going to fix the press elevator at Amelie Arena? And how have you figured out how to manage that thing? For people who don't know. I mean, know, we all want well, to know. Well, hang that. on a second. Yeah. For people who don't know, you know, the press box at Amelie is, you know, at the top, like in most arenas. But to get down to ice level, to get to the locker rooms, when you, you're allowed to go in, it takes forever. It's a slow, so it's a freight elevator down Oh, there. well, they should have a slide. Well, Joe, how have you managed that over the years to, to figure out how to uh, deal with the elevator situation? I've always been curious about this. Well, it's all about timing, man. Get that, that first elevator <laughs> yeah, down. Timing. All about to get that, that first elevator down after the game, and then you have to worry about it. And then if you give yourself enough time before the game to get there before warm-ups, then there's no complaints there. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, even Jerry Bettman's gotten stuck on that elevator once or twice in his time. So, um, you know, it'll probably be more expensive to fix now than it would have been maybe $50,000 when it first started. But, um they still managed to run a pretty good hockey club despite the despite the elevator there. Not the best. So no, because my first season. What's wrong with the elevator? It's slow. Well, well, T-Mobile's isn't exactly uh, lightning fast either. But at least they have a dedicated media elevator at T-Mobile. They don't in Emily Arena, all right? Because Joe, I think I asked you on my my one visit in in the Golden Knights first season about the elevator, and you said get there early, and I did. I left I left my seat with about. 10, 11 minutes ago in the third period, and I barely made it down in time to get to the Knights locker room, you know, set up my stuff in the press room, and then get over to the Knights locker room after the game. And and it's always stuck with me, and I know other writers have written or talked about it as uh, just a, a real pain in the tuchus to uh, navigate the uh, elevator from the press box at Amelie. It's a great building to watch hockey, by the way, and, and Joe, I know you've you can attest to that, but uh, I was just curious about that. Um, going forward with the Lightning, uh, beyond this season, what's their cap situation? Do they have room to make a couple of moves to improve the team or keep guys on the roster that they want to? I think you mentioned Pilat is a, a possible guy or uh, who might have to uh, move on, move on from. Yeah, they don't have a lot of space. They're still under LTIR with the Seabrook contract, so they'll have some wiggle room, but it won't be much. And so they'll have to kind of make some, some tough decisions, whether it's you know, if Pilat will take a more of a team-friendly deal or uh, Nick Paul, who's kind of increased his value um, to think more of the deadline. They can fit him in. Uh, most of the guys that are under contract, even Corn's another year on his deal. So most of that core group will be together. just a matter of working around um, the edges and creating space for those uh those two main UFAs, but um, you know, and they're hoping in a couple of years the cap, you know, once their escrow is paid back, um, that they'll be able to make a big jump um, in, in the cap and won't be much of an issue. But did you pay um, much? Like every year, it's been a balance, though. Did you pay much attention to what was going on here in Vegas with the cap? You know, yeah. as you saw what happened with Kucherov a year ago with LTIR, and then you know, suddenly he's ready to go to playoffs. <laughs> what were your thoughts as you were watching that thing unfold here in Vegas? Well, I mean, you know, it's more unfortunate. You have like a veteran player that kind of get tossed in the wind there. You know, that enough to get traded, and then had to get that held up and come back and give him credit for playing well once that deal kind of fell through. But, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it became such a big deal in Tampa, or people making jokes about it about the, over the cap. But like most, like more than half the teams in the league operate in LCIR, exactly right. not just the lights. Exactly. And uh, so it's like, 
obviously, you know, it didn't work out for Vegas, did it? You know, um, nope. so it's not like it's foolproof plan. You still have to. People don't realize they've had to play a full season uh, without Nikita Kucherov and still make the playoffs and still put themselves in position. So most teams that they told you, you know, if they would have told you Mark Stone would be out for most of the year, I think Vegas fans would, would not like that just because, you know, how important he is to that team. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a big deal on certain situations, but the team has lost a win when he gets back on the ice, and that's the legend he did. Do you see a point where the, the league and the PA try to close these loopholes? On LTIR and things like that, and 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 cap manipulation, such as it is. Well, I mean, it's been it's been going on since like what 2004. Yeah, I mean, how many times? Is it, that's how, what many, I'm how, many times, how many times? Is, how many times has it been a big deal or controversy or people bitching about it? Like what? Like, yeah. You know, three, four times. You know, so um, I don't think it's gonna they're gonna change it just for the sake of change. I think they need a bigger movement than just one or two people upset about it. It doesn't seem like there's been an appetite for that change in recent GM meetings. Yeah, well, yeah. People only talk about it when Vegas is involved, and that's of course. I mean, that's who had discussions about LTIR until Vegas became involved. They did a year ago in Tampa. Well, they did there. The whole for the sure. Whole hockey world was upset. Like here's Kucherov spending all year on LTIR. Suddenly he's good to go, and here comes the Lightning holding the I, I cup know, again. But, I mean, we've been talking that's about LTIR for four months. I mean, well, that's a long time to be talking. Well, I mean, everybody knows. Our situation, like I don't know everybody. I know other people or other teams in the league. Half the teams are utilizing the LTIR, but you know I'm not focusing on what everybody's doing. I mean, Vegas is yeah. again. I will say they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Everybody kind of knows what's going on with Vegas. Yeah. Uh, hey, let me ask you about this. You know, a lot of people talk about Stanley Cup experience, and I don't know. You know, I've had discussions about what I think that means. But and it's kind of an intangible. But you know, really, to me, I just think it's a it's a matter of not being you know too too low or too high because you've been to the end of the road. You know what it feels like to, to hoist a cup. And when you don't have that, either you go you know you get to the point where you're just you know maybe hyperventilating, if you will, not you know not you know literally, but. It's just you're trying to figure things out where Tampa already knows what the end of the path looks like, and I think that's the advantage uh, for a team that's already hoisted a cup. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's handling the ebbs and flows and emotional swings of a playoff series. And you know, look at game six against the Leafs. They were down. They gave up two goals at the end of the, the second period. They were down the last period before they could be eliminated. This could all been over, and they talked about it in the locker room and they just flipped the switch and then they just finished because if they won a period they could, they could extend their season and they did so um, the, the veteran team is the ones that know how to win they know what the recipe is and they know that not every loss in the playoffs is the end of the world and not every win and you're the, you're, you're the kingmaker so I think they're they're really good and measured in that, and they have a lot of experience to lean on, and the leaders especially in doing that. Yeah, and of course they have that advantage over just about everybody. I mean, Carolina, of course, has a, a little bit, but just a bit of a residue from uh, from uh, their experience. And of course, the Rangers do not, and uh, Edmonton does not either. So you have an advantage there as well. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Tell everybody where they can find your work. Yeah, they can go to theathletic.com. Uh, um, and obviously, there's a dollar uh, per month promo going on now. Depending on one of the stories, and mm. uh, Joe Smith TV is the Twitter handle. And uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you guys again down the line. Yep, absolutely. Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the run to the uh, through the tournament. And I hope uh, 
You're covering a parade again in June. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Bye, Joe. All right, there goes Joe Smith from The Athletic. Covers the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about tonight's games and what our thoughts were about last night's. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous steak bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sports books.
last night heaven Little time nine kid, I'm on cloud seven Jimmy top level with a chemical metal He don't wanna high like a pot on kettle Jukebox stars will raise it up another level The young street apostles with a hallelujah pedal Creatures in the pictures keep on dancing with the devil Swinging with a Hi, welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline, brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app from the Brian Blessing Studio. I love I, this is a song again. Sorry, Def Leppard Friday, new album dropped today. <laughs> Diamond Star Halos, go get it. This is a song, uh, Fire It Up, that I didn't love when I first heard it, and it's only because I didn't hear it on a proper system. And I, the, I needed to hear a little bit more bass, and then when I heard it on my system, I'm like, "Oh, okay." And it, it sticks to you. I'm t- this song sticks to you like Cracker Barrel pancakes. You you think you don't like it? It it you do, you do. Steve, go listen to the song ten times, and, and you'll be walking around the house going, "Fired it up." I love Springsteen. Can you do me? That? I don't. I don't sing Springsteen songs ten times in a row. But you gotta live it. That's the problem today. I mean, Kids I, are not I, I living the, the music anymore. Catalog, <laughs> readings to letter to you, and everything in between. But do you go home and do you look no. at the lyrics and you, you see no. who produces it? And no, no. I let me, know, let me just, I know who does all his stuff. He writes his lyrics. I know the people who produce him. Listen, I, we, I learned the lyrics through listening. But but they're not always right. Yeah, you're still singing "Bathroom on the Right." Yeah. <laughs> Come on! I, I guess you and I. Well, you can't you listen to a song and know every lyric. Uh, you can. Well, it's because Springsteen's well, clear. It's, you know, it's forty some years of it. So, I mean, if you're locked in for about me, forty years, when I, I go think to you Europe get... to see, you know, when I go to see him in the U.S. in February. You'll know. I'll be ready. I am. I'll be ready I mean, to sing for four hours. I may not be ready to stand for four hours, but I'll be ready to sing for four hours. Okay? I would love to hear you sing some some Born in the USA. I mean... Which, by the way, is one of my least favorite Springs. Of albums. course it is. Because you know why? Because no. it's the same thing... It's too commercial. If you're into a band, you hear too much of the their hits yeah i mean i you know i love sugar i love rock of ages photograph all that stuff i love that but i would much rather hear a deeper track off of sparkle lounge or you know something you don't hear every day i appreciate it because it doesn't doesn't born in the usa put you in a a place in your life where you where you think of so you do appreciate it yeah but I don't need to hear no, it. That, that's where the the first big Bruce Stadium shows basically emanated from from that album. Yes, of course. You know, he was still playing, you know, clubs and stuff when Born to Run came out in 1975. So the stadium Springsteen that we've come to know and understand basically evolved out of Born in the USA. I mean, which that by was the a way huge is album. not a patriotic song. It's a protest song well, about war. Well, that changes everything. Well, just, I mean, just as a point of clarification. All the, well, I don't expect for to... For all you Reaganites and people Reaganites. who thought that this was like him being a huge patriotic guy. He is patriotic. You can be a Reaganites. patriot and not be a flag waver. And so... 
Oh, Born shit. in the USA is not about waving the flag. Well, so, Armageddon is not about nuclear war either. Just wanted that to clear I that know. up. All right, so. well, speaking of Armageddon, the war ended in Calgary last night. Oh, and so we had some, that was we just, had some hold on, hold on. I, I'm sorry, Steve, but that was just a smooth so transition. Smooth. We got to give that to you. I'm I know how to guys. <laughs> Steve's done with uh, This is my first rodeo so behind the mic. Though. All right, let's, let's start with the Blake Coleman goal that was called back. I thought. I mean, we could take the 20 minutes up. I this. thought the goal should have stood. Mm-hmm. You begged to differ. No, no, I'm not begging to differ at all. I, I'm, I, I watched it. Okay. Okay. He knew that he was utilizing his skate to redirect the puck. And I, and and my only issue is, and, and maybe I wouldn't have had it if he hit it with his right skate, but the fact that he hit it with his left skate, there had to be a little bit of a knowledge that we're going to use our feet to get this in. Oh, I'm sure there was intent involved on his part. Right. No question. So if there, if there was intent to... But you still... The kicking motion, I didn't see No, no, no. I it. mean, there's different degrees. The distinct kicking motion is I, I mean, well, I that's mean... That's the way the rule's written. There's different degrees of kicking, right? I, I agree with that. So even the, the most subtle kick... Right. It is a kick, right? right. I, right. I don't but know I where... I saw goals this year go what guy skates. Yeah, I, I understand you know, that. I mean, I've seen that a couple this year. I, I've seen people get cross-checked from behind and not get called. Right. I mean, I, I've you can say, well... Well, that happens every game. Every game. Every game. I mean, you can say, well, I've seen this, so that yeah, should equate to equate that. But that's, the other. that's not the way things work. No, we know of that. course not. So... But Calgary had plenty of opportunities to get control Absolutely. in this game, and they didn't. That's why they're going home and on the golf course. That's why McDavid and the Oilers are moving on. And, and you know what's the best part about this whole thing with the Oilers, okay? When the best player in the game is playing at such a high level, it just raises everybody to sport. No, not not the guys on the ice. With them. That's, that's obvious. Look at Vander Kane. But it does wonders for the sport itself. We love hockey, you and I. We're getting Chris heading in that direction. I'm getting converted. I'm still a football, basketball guy, which is fine. But when you watch a guy like McDavid, when you watch a guy like Nathan McKinnon do what he did the other night for his Hattie, it just says, this is why we love this game so much. Okay. I don't know if the Oilers are going to be able to beat Colorado or beat Tampa and win the Cup. I know that at some point McDavid's going to want his name on it to kind of validate everything he's done to this point. And maybe it happens and maybe it doesn't. Maybe he never sees his name on the Cup. Maybe he never gets to hold it. Okay? But it's not going to be from a lack of trying. And I think he has really grown up in this playoffs. You know, after the failures of the last few years with the Oilers, he is taking ownership of what it means to be a captain, how important his role is on the ice, and I just think they're following his lead, and the Oilers, I think, will give Colorado, assuming they can close out St. Louis, be it tonight or Sunday, I think Edmonton is a very 
good matchup for the Avalanche in terms of competitiveness and, and you're going to have two of the best players in the league going head-to-head -head in McDavid and McKinnon. Uh, Darcy Kemper, I don't know if he can steal a series or steal a couple games for the Avs if need be up at Rogers, but I just like the, the matchup for the Oilers. I think they could play with Colorado. I think they could beat them. I don't think he needs to steal at all, does he? I mean, he Duke has Kemper? to be. No, I think he needs to be in that 92%, 92% save percentage. That gives his team some, a chance. Some nights you not even a chance. Or well, no, some nights you do need to be able to steal a game. I, I, a game. Yeah, and, but and, you said a series. In the conference final, in the seven-game series where there's so much running in the outcome, you definitely want a guy who's capable of closing the door on the opponent and finding a way to keep his team in the game. When Here, last night in Raleigh is a perfect example. Shesterkin did not play badly. He didn't play you know, lights out, but he didn't play badly. The Rangers did nothing offensively. They had five shots on goal in the first period, five shots on goal in the second period. They had five shots on goal for most of the third, okay? Can't win that way. Doesn't matter how good your goalie is, okay? And you can play that way got, if you're you, not gotta, trying to catch you've up. You've got to be able to generate offense just so the other team can't dominate in your end. They had no answers for Carolina's forecheck. No. That's why so they, they can generate we, offense. When we see tomorrow night, I expect the Rangers to give a far better effort offensively. Now, Shesterkin could, you know, crap the bed and, and be terrible like that couple of nights in Pittsburgh where they had to pull him. Uh, I, you know, Galan gave the team the day off today, by the way, no skating, which I think was a brilliant move. Mm -hmm. Let him regroup, let him reboot mentally. They've been in this situation before. He has. No, the team has. They were down three one in Pitt to Pittsburgh. Oh right. I mean I mean as far as going deep into the postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the matchup, you know, of let me go back to the Edmonton Colorado series, if I can, assuming that Colorado gets through, which I think they will. I think they'll close out St. Louis tonight. Of course I thought they were gonna close about the other night. But my point being the goaltending is, I think, on a more even keel, on an even level in this coming series. All right, because Markstrom, for whatever reason, he didn't play like the, the Vezina finals well, that he was. I don't think was. he's 100%. No, and I, I, I agree mean, with that. I think when it's all said and done, he'll come out and there's going to be some, you know how it goes. Right. I mean, there's no you. way that Jacob Markstrom, who is, you know, certainly a guy that can steal games for you absolutely was not a guy that looked like i mean when you look and this is not a rip on mike smith at all but when there's a you get to the point where you feel like it's kind of a toss-up depending on which which goaltender is going to show up that night uh, that that right. to me tells me you, there's you something can with give Kemper the edge but it's not a huge edge over mike smith yes that would be fair to say all right. Whereas Vasilevsky, I would give him the edge in consistency. Whereas if you know whoever whoever Tampa plays, Vasilevsky is the better goalie, of course, and that includes well, especially if it's you know Rantna, but if it's Shesterkin, it's still Vasilevsky by a pretty good margin, and and Shesterkin 
you know, he's really, really good, too. He's a Vezina Finals. He's a Hart Finals, for God's sake. So, goaltending matters. The, the longer you go into this tournament, the better your goalie needs to be because the caliber of play you're facing is better. But Vasilevsky... Shesterkin is way closer okay, I, than anything I, Tampa's going to face I, after I'll that. I'll go back to the Golden Knights inaugural season when they were playing Winnipeg in the conference final. And Fleury was just tremendous. And Hellebuck was really good, but not good enough. Okay? And you could go back and you know break it down, but having the better goalie did matter. And a major speed advantage. Yeah, well, but I, I, we're just talking about goaltending now. Right, I understand, about, but that does that that does play into. But Winnipeg was very good, though they had they had good offense for sure. But okay. but Vegas's ability to clear that zone as quickly as they did in that series uh, took a, alleviated a lot from their net minor. Yeah, I well, which was flurry. You know, it it it, it was the way they played all season, though. So yes, you you shouldn't be surprised by that, but. Flurry did come through big time for them in the conference final. And my point then is when you're in a conference final situation, your goaltender better show up every night and give you a chance. Because otherwise, you're on the wrong side of the handshake line. The other team is posing with the, the conference trophy, whether it's the Wales or the Campbell. They're not hopefully touching it, and they're playing for the cup. And then, so what happens with Edmonton, do you think, when they play a team that has some depth? And, of course, Johnny Goudreau has had a fantastic year, but I don't think anybody would say in the postseason that Calgary had any depth scoring. In fact, even when you match that top lineup of of the Oilers against Calgary, the Oilers completely dominated them. I think they had plus 23 when you compare the two. So now what happens when Edmonton, who is, is top-heavy, their remaining opponents, uh, maybe aside from the Rangers, depending on how you feel there, their, t- their remaining opponents have are going to throw a lot of depth at them. I think that could be a, a potential issue for Edmonton unless they start to find even second-line scoring, which they got a little bit in their last game. Look, every team's got its flaws. The Oilers are not deep enough where where Jay is rolling out four lines. By the way, he should be keeping his job, shouldn't he? He should Look be. Off. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I think of. I would, mean, you would hope. You know, you talked about Andrew Burnett maybe not staying in Florida. You talk about two guys who basically came yeah, in as interim. I think it's a little bit different, though. I think with Woodcroft, didn't he – Take a team. I mean, remember, uh, we reference this all the time. There was a team that was uh, had a little bit of infighting in, in the middle of the season, and I don't think that they were performing at the standard that they had hoped. Uh, they were fighting back and forth with the media and you know guys that you couldn't find a back of the net, just trying to find their identity. And then all of a sudden, he they were able to blossom under him. Whereas I think the Panthers, you know, wire to wire, had a terrific season. I know one thing: the Oilers are far better defensively of the work. Far better. I mean, it's not it's even, exactly it's right. night and day, and that's a big part of why they're here. And this is why I also think, you know, you talk about a lack of depth scoring defensively as a whole. Though, 
I think they can match up and play with Colorado and not let the Avalanche dominate in their end. And and you just hope Mike Smith can, you know, play well. He has shown signs of that. He's he did it against LA and you know they they're an interesting team in in that yeah, it's McDavid, yeah, it's Dry but then, you know, you got guys like, like Zach Hyman, you got guys like Evander Kane, Nurse, CeCe on the blue line. You, you've got enough guys there that have experience. You know, we haven't even talked about Duncan Keith, who, you know, should basically be done. And he played fairly well for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't think, he, you know, he wasn't his Stanley Cup self, but he's been there. He knows how to win. And I think guys like that are important at this time of the year when you have guys who know how to win, that have been to a conference final, a Stanley Cup final, and it it does help. So let's see what happens with the Oilers in terms of trying to get a little bit more scoring from someone not named McDavid or Dreisaitl or Kane. Well, I think when you bring up Zach Hyman, I mean, I remember when he – came over from Toronto, that was the one guy, when you listen to beat writers or even fans, yeah. that they said, well, that's not a guy that we we want to lose. And, I mean, he went through a little bit of a lull there during the season. But, I mean, certainly in the postseason, if it wasn't for him, I mean, where would your secondary scoring coming from? You're not well, getting anything. You're getting – some production from from Nugent Hopkins, and yeah, but you're not played well. But you're not times. getting anything from from Puliyarvi at all. I mean, he's been non-existent. He made a really good defensive play during right. the third period last night when they took the goal away. Uh, he he came back on the back check, and I forgot who it was that he was able to take the puck off of in, in the Edmonton end, and and stuff. So. You know, whatever you're doing the little things right, it definitely boosts your chances of winning. But, uh, yeah, maybe, look, maybe maybe Yamamoto steps up in this series, next series. That, that's, my takes, only, that's my only thing because you – Would, would and, you be and, surprised if he did? Or, or Nugent Hopkins just basically went crazy? Yeah, I think and, so. And had like four, like four or five goals maybe over a six, seven-game series? Well, he's got – I'm saying he has four over his last what his last ten. He's got he's a point a game guy over his last ten. All right, well, okay, all right. So maybe you get up to a point and a half, two points, and and stuff. But I but they, they if they could capable. find more production, yeah, from from Puliyarvi. I mean, I think that now you have a second line that is is a little bit dangerous. Mm-hmm. My only problem is you know like when you're talking about Tampa and, and Joe Smith brought this up when you have a guy like Corey Perry that. Yeah, I mean, he mentioned fourth line, but he's played th- three uh, third line minutes too. Sure, I mean, this is a veteran guy yeah. that is giving you production from a depth perse- perspective. Right. And uh, you know, McDavid's not going to be on the ice for he's not going to be on the ice for thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be on the ice for twenty twenty five minutes. The rest of the time, right. you're going to have to find some secondary scoring. And I think that they're going to run into some issues right. when you talk about a team like. And I mean, listen again. Maybe he takes them, and, and maybe and if he it's you know if he's a three point a night guy, yeah, he could probably carry them for sure. Yeah. 
But I, but I, again, it's it's more about depth. It's about winning the battle of the special teams. It's about having a better goaltender. And right now, Tampa Bay checks all those boxes. They do. So, who do you think faces the Lightning next week? Carolina or the Rangers? I think. I mean. <laughs> It's the story of Jekyll and Hyde, right? I mean, if Carolina comes into New York and, and forechecks them the way that they did down in Raleigh, I think Carolina's the better of the two teams. I mean, I think Carolina's going to win tonight. One of these times I'm going to go against this. Be tomorrow? This home, or tomorrow. And one of these times I'm going to go against this home away, zigzag. you know, zigzag thing and get a W. But I, I think in, in general, though, I think Carolina's the better of the two. Does Colorado close out St. Louis tonight? Yes. They're better than St. Louis at way more speed. Yeah. St. Louis' is a defenseman, they're scared to death to get up in the zone. Yeah, they miss Tory Krug. They really do. Yeah, and Krug's not playing anytime soon. All right, All well, right. that does it today. Good Steve week. Carp. Good week. You are the man. What are you doing this weekend, by the way? Uh, whatever my kids tell me. Three days off. I will, I will off. be frequenting the race book and watching hockey and hopefully hit a horse or two. That's Steve Carp. Bet. That's horse bet, not hit a horse. No, I realize I didn't think you were going to give a horse a beat down at the book. Yeah, that, um, that wouldn't look good. Chris Moose Johnson, I'm Dana Lane. Thank you for to Chuck Esposito and Joe Smith and, of course, Alan Snell. When we're back with you on Tuesday. Hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. It's the good old hockey game. Second period. Where players dance with skates of flash, the home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the crease like bumblebees. They travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside. It's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Take me where hockey players face off down the rink And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink Now the final flick of the hockey stick and the one gigantic scream The buck is in, the Canadians win the good old hockey game Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game Best game you can name, and the best game you can name 